0: Ephesians uh, chapter 4, i like to read verses 30 down through verse number uh, 32. And grieve not in the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you were sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Let's just look to the Lord in a word of prayer. Our gracious God, as we come before you, we thank you for Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for all that he means to us. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for your unbounded grace, your amazing grace that you have toward us. And God, as we look to your word this morning, we pray, God, that we would set aside any cares of the world that we might have, that we might listen to your word. Uh, God, that we may read it, follow along, and see the truth that you have for us today. We pray in Christ Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to begin a series on forgiven and we're going to do it in inverted order we're going to talk about God's forgiveness first but we want to understand upon the word forgive now this specific word and you that word up there charisma in parentheses that's the transliteration of the Greek word this this word appears 23 times in the New Testament it is translated forgive and its various derivations and derivatives 12 of the 23 times, forgive, forgiven, forgiving. 10 of those times it appears in the Pauline epistle. Only two times it appears outside of Paul's epistles what the point is. What's amazing, if you wanna see something, look over with me, if you will, to Romans chapter eight for a moment. We're not gonna give you all, the, if, you, if you want a list of where all the 23 verses are, I certainly could give you that, but 12 of the 23, 12, it's about forgiveness. And, it's, and the word forgiven, it's various uh, derivatives. Forgiving, hath forgiven. Look at some of the other verses of scripture. This, this, is, a, this is the same word, and this is what I always marvel at. And, and actually, we'll put it on the screen in a moment. You, you see that word up there? Part of that word is the word for what? Well, charity, and it's the word for grace. So when you talk about forgiveness, we're talking about the word grace as well. Romans chapter 8, verse number 32. Verse 31, what shall we say to these things? Those five words that you find in verses 28 and 29 and 30. What shall we say to these things? If God before us, who could be against us? And that if there, you know, it's not if. I'm really not sure if God is. God is for you. The idea of if it is true that God is for us, who could be against us? He that spared not his own son, but the, you want to know how God is for us? He spared not his own son, but he delivered him, delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with them also freely give us all things? And you say, well, I don't see the word forgive there, but you see the word freely give. That's the same word. That is the same word that is translated forgiving over in Ephesians chapter number four that we just read. Look over and go back uh, to the book of Philippians chapter one. You see the word give. Philippians chapter one, verse number 29. Verse 28 says, and in nothing be terrified by your adversaries. Don't be terrified by your adversaries, which to them is an evident token of perdition, but you have salvation and that of God. For unto you it is what? It's given. For unto you. Who's the you there? Us, the believers. It is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but what? To suffer for his sake. It is given to you. That word given is the same word translated Romans 8, freely given. It's the same word translated Ephesians, forgiving. It's the same word. And you see the word give. The point is, you see the word give. We'll go back to Ephesians chapter 4. So he said 23 times, 12 of those 23, forgiving, 10 of those 12 are in Paul's epistles, and the word is used three times three times of God's forgiveness, and nine times of human forgiveness. And all the three occurrences of God's forgiveness, and this is a specific word, by the way, are used in Paul's epistles. Ephesians 4, we just read, Colossians 2.13, and Colossians 3.13, that we'll look at in a few moments. Question, what does this tell you? Where does it tell you the word forgiveness is used nine times of human forgiveness and three times of God's forgiveness? Where does it tell you? What? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, you can say a lot of things. I mean, three times more it's used of man than it is of God. God forgives. We need to forgive. Marsha, you know, saying that we need to remind it. God is emphasizing nine nine, nine, nine times it's the use of human forgiveness, and seven of those times would be in Paul's epistles. Only two were found outside of Paul's epistles in the gospel. Here's a definition of the word forgive, and this is Webster's Dictionary, 1828. We're not going to read all of it, but you can see it means to remit. It means to pardon. It means to overlook an offense. It means to treat the offender not as guilty. Here's the Greek definition. It comes from the word for grace. And by the way, and I didn't say it earlier, that same word for grace is also used with the word thanks. So the Apostle Paul, who is the grace apostle, because in all 13 of his epistles, it begins and ends with the word grace somewhere. And we know that he uses the word thanks Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gifts. So the apostle of grace, who is the apostle of thanksgiving, is also the apostle of forgiveness. If you want to look at it that way and understand it that way. So the word means, here is what the, dealing with the Greek word meaning. It means to show grace. Nancy just played that medley. The the choir sang, grace wins. The medley, unbounded grace, amazing grace and the word for forgive talks about to show grace, to bestow grace. Literally, it means to give freely and unconditionally. Romans 8: What shall we then say to these things? If God is for us, who could be against us? God that spared not his own son, but freely gave. That's, that's, the word, that's the word for forgiveness. That's the word for giving. It's, it's given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe. It is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe, but to suffer for his sake. So this is the definition of the word, that transliterated word that I showed you earlier, and from that word, charity, but you see, it, it deals with the word grace. It means to extend grace. It means to show grace. It means to be gracious. Hence, to forgive. So two aspects of forgiveness. And if you're here in Ephesians chapter 4, we'll just remind you this verse of Scripture. Is divine, is divine forgiveness, and that's so why I said we're doing this in inverted order, and also of man's forgiveness. But Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 and be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake. What are those last three words? Hath forgiven you. Look over to the book of Colossians. And I said it earlier, but I remind you, those are the, three, the only three times that that word, the specific word appearing in its use of God's forgiveness. And it's used in Paul's epistles, narrowed down, it's really used in two, Ephesians and Colossians. Colossians chapter 2, verse number 13. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened to gather with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Look right across the page to verse number 13. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. The words we'll we'll get to the word quick in a moment. The words hath forgiven, half having forgiven, hath forgiven, and forgave you are in the error's tense. And that tense in the original language means completed action point in time. Question, what, what, does this, what does that teach us about? What do these Bible verses teach us about God's forgiveness? OK. What, it's already been done, right? Completed act, Completed action point in time. That's what it means. The, the, the viewpoint of those three Bible verses about God's forgiveness is completed action point in time. It's it, not saying that God doesn't forgive us continually in our lives. We'll, we'll talk about that. But the viewpoint of these Bible, what does it teach about God's forgiveness? Someone said it's complete. It, it's, it, it's done. Again, that, that's why you're going to see the tense, those, those verses... And those words are not in the present tense. That's not saying presently, continually. The, the viewpoint of those three verses of Scripture are to prove and to say, God for Christ hath forebears in you. Complete action point in time. Here, another, here's a verse. We've used this before, but just look across. Or go back to Ephesians chapter 1 for a moment. Here, here is this completed action point in time. And we see it. By many times, by the word being translated half and then whatever the verb may be. Ephesians 1:3: Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. When did God bless you according to that verse of scripture in Christ? At salvation, right? Half. The, the, the viewpoint of that verse is not saying God is blessing you. Now, that's not, that's not the issue there. Certainly he has, but that's not the viewpoint. You understand, that's not what this verse is, this verse is saying. At the moment, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath. It doesn't say who is, right? It does, that, that would be present tense. It doesn't say who will, Right? and doesn't say who will if you do this because then that would be conditional. It's not future, it's not present, it's not conditional. It's saying who God, the Father, Lord Jesus Christ. And by by the way, and and we pointed this out, the word blessed there, blessed be God and hath blessed us. Do Do you know what English word we get from that specific Greek word? Would you like to know? Yeah. Okay. You get thank you. You get the word eulogy from. Eulogy. So there are really two eulogies in verse 3. Now, when we think of eulogy, you you know say a lot of good things about somebody. We eulogize people. N- notice, notice this is, this is this is God's grace. Blessed be God. How do we how do we bless God? You know, eulogize God in voice, saying, Blessed be God and the Father, or Lord Jesus Christ, look who he is. He he is God, he is God alone, who hath blessed us, who hath eulogized us with all spiritual blessings. He doesn't say in what we have done, right, because we know that our salvation is not based upon good works. Yes, we are to maintain good works and we're to walk in them, but he blesses us in Christ with what? Spiritual blessings. Name, name, do you realize, and we've done this before and we have a handout on this? And, and the number can vary depending on how you want to, to view this. So we'll we'll just say over over 30. Do you realize the moment of your salvation there are over 30 spiritual blessings you received before you've done anything? Name, name one. I think, can you guys name one? N- name one spiritual name one. I didn't ask you to name all 30. Just name one. What? Power, but what else? There's, there's, what? Come back, yeah. But there, there's, there's another one. Eternal, eternal life. What does Romans 5:1 say? This, this is the one I thought you would just gravitate to. Romans 5:1. Therefore, being justified by faith, what do we have? Peace with God. And what do we all? What do I always tell you? We don't make that peace. So if you're witnessing to someone and someone says, "Oh, well, thank you for telling me that about." A peace with God a long time ago? See, time out. You don't make peace with God. You either believe what the gospel says about the Lord Jesus Christ and God saves you, but you're not making peace with God. That, that to me is a activity of religion. This is what I've done and so I've made peace with God. No, Romans 5.1 says that therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ and we know according to Colossians chapter 1 that God made peace for us through the blood of his cross. We have peace with God. We've been justified by faith, right? We have peace with God. We've been justified. We've, we've received all the spiritual blessings. You can think of the verse of scripture in Colossians chapter 1. He had made us meet to be the partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. God did that. He has rescued us. He has translated us. Th- those are the spiritual blessings. So if you go back, look over, um, to go back to the book of Colossians and, and we will look at verse 13. So Colossians 2.13 Ephesians 4.32, the viewpoint of these verses of scripture is God's forgiveness is completed action, point in time. If you diagram this out, present tense would be like a series of dots, right? Aorist tense is one dot, completed action, point in time. Remember, it's been, oh, it's been maybe 14 years ago, I... There was a verse of, I know the verse of scripture, it's, second, it's in Second Thessalonians that I was preaching on, and I mentioned Eris tense. God loved us, and the viewpoint, God loved us. And there was a visitor there who, I don't want to say he jumped, but he's like, well, no, Eris is continuous action, You know, present tense. He said, that's not the viewpoint, sorry. So I'll take you upstairs to my Greek grammar. It's, Aris, it's completed action, point in time. This is is something that God has already done for us. So what do these Bible verses teach us about God and God's forgiveness? It is what? It's completed action. When when did God forgive us? The moment of salvation, right? The the unsaved, their sins, God's not imputing their sins, 2 Corinthians 5, 19. They need to believe and trust Christ. When did he forgive? At the moment of our salvation, how, how did God forgive? Well, that's a good answer. Completely. How did God forgive? Uh, completely unconditionally. Yeah, and and it may be the way I have it worded. How? Through, thank you. Through Lord Jesus Christ, through the blood of Christ. Romans. Yeah, Romans. Hebrews chapter number nine. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Right. And we just sang a wonderful song. Right. Calvary covers it all. But the reality is, that hymn's wrong. Isn't it? And I'm getting looks like, well, how how is the hymn wrong? Because you don't get your doctrine from a hymn book, you get it from the Bible, and today we don't have what? We don't have atonement, sin covering. We have the absolute forgiveness of all of our sins. And under the Old Testament, their sins were covered from year to year. And they had to do the sacrifices and on the day of atonement, the high priest, you know, was the only time that he could go into the Holy of Holies and then he would apply the blood to the mercy seat. Calvary didn't just cover it all. Calvary, Calvary, the Lord Jesus Christ has shed blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's absolutely no remission of sin. Does God forgive us? And the emphasis here would be believers in the present. I don't think these are hard questions. I'm not asking you to, you know, an algebraic term to try to give me the square root of something. These, to me, are very simple questions. Does God forgive us in the present? Yes, that's not the viewpoint of those three verses of scripture. The viewpoint of those three verses of scripture, Ephesians 4.32, Colossians 2.13, and Colossians 3.13, is what, at a point in time, separated by time when you trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior God forgave you of absolutely everything in your life. Praise God for that. Now if you hear in Colossians look at Colossians chapter 2 verse 13. And there's so much more that you could say about these verses but again that's why we're doing this in kind of a little bit of reverse order. We're talking about God's wonderful grace, God's wonderful forgiveness what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us, and that's why you have his death on the cross, the shedding of his blood. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin, and today what we have is not a sin covering because if it was only a sin covering, what would we have to do? There would have to be a sacrifice for us. The Lord Jesus Christ's sacrifice was what? Once for all. How many times did the Lord Jesus Christ die? Once. How many times was he buried? How many times was he resurrected? Absolutely. Because that's what he has done for us. Colossians 2.13. And again, another spiritual blessing is sitting here in verse number 10. And you are complete in him. Remember, remember we talk about these spiritual blessings. You're talking about what is true of, of all of us. okay? What is true of all believers at the, at the moment of salvation. At the moment of salvation. And you are, verse 10, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power in him. Also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, the putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism where also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who also raised him from the dead. And you... Here you go, being dead in your sins. Remember in Ephesians chapter two, we're the walking dead. We're alive in the unsaved state. We're the walking dead. We were the walking dead. You were alive physically, but you were dead spiritually to God. As we said, there are people today, and I know you know there are movies and you know I, I don't know TV shows on the Walking Dead. Well, there are walking dead right here in our town, our community, our city, our state, and our country in the world, right? Because they're alive, they're alive physically. But they, ha- they have the breath of life. But they're dead spiritually to God. Remember, the diff- death is, what does the word death mean? Separation. There's physical death, spiritual death, and what's the other type of death? The eternal death, the second death, Revelation chapter 20. So, these people are alive physically. Ephesians will tell us that they're alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. But they're, separ- they're separated from God, they're without life. That's, spir- that's spiritual death. They're alive physically, but they're dead spiritually to God. That's, that's Ephesians 2. That's the walking dead. And you being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him? Having forgiven you all trespasses. The word uh, quickened here means to be made alive. And it's only, that specific word only appears uh, two times. And you see it on the screen Ephesians chapter 2 and Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. And by the way, would this not be another spiritual blessing we receive? I think I need to give you that handout then so you guys can study. The, 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 it's amazing. These are the spiritual blessings that you have at the moment of your salvation and you don't do anything to get them. This is what God has done for you and the viewpoint should be, praise God, if God did this for me before I even did anything for him, the result should be is what? I should desire to live for him and have that relationship with him. Titus chapter two, verse 14. Now, obviously, as we move here, we're not going to see that grace forgiveness because it was only found in Colossians 2.13, Colossians 3.13, Ephesians 4.32. But look at this verse of Scripture. We go back to verse number 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And what teaches us how we ought to be living? God's grace. God's grace, the word of God, God, God is our instructor, our schoolmaster, our school teacher. Verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our savior, Jesus Christ, who, and that would go back to who? Who would who go back to, is that right? The Lord Jesus Christ, okay. Again, you know, sometimes I think you think I'm trying to give you a trick question, You know, trying, I'm not trying to trip you up. Who? The Lord Jesus Christ gave himself for us. He gave himself, he willingly gave himself for us. Why? The word that introduces a result clause, that he might redeem us from what? And how much is all iniquity? All iniquity. All, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. He did it for us, all iniquity. You don't have to turn to Acts 13, 38, but it's actually one of the verses I have in a spiritual application. Be it known unto you, men and brethren, that through this man is the preaching of the forgiveness of sins, that, that you could be, and then going on in verse 39 to tell you that you could be redeemed from all things which you, justified from all things which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. What are the, what are the three biblical imputations in Scripture? Adam's sin to our account, our sin to Christ's account, and 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 Christ's grace, Christ's righteousness to our account. Why is that important? How, how does that affect the issue of forgiveness? Because what does God do to us and for us? He takes the very holiness and righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is justification, and He imputes it to our account. And what that means is, and the word justification means to be declared righteous. I know there are people who will say that, well, here's a good, you know, easy definition to remember for justification just if I've never sinned. But there's a problem. And what's the problem? You have sinned, you were born sinners. It's not just if you've never sinned. It is God taking the very holiness and righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ and imputing it to your account so that when, Christ sees, when God sees us, who does he see? The Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that divine forgiveness? And, and by the way, this, is, this justification is our position before God. It's positional truth. It doesn't make us personally righteous. What does 2 Timothy chapter 2 say? We're to flee these things and we're to follow after one of those things, righteousness. We're to, that, that, that's practical sanctification. We're to follow after righteousness. So the three, imput- three imputations are absolutely so important. Spiritual application. Right? God has forgiven believers of all, of all sin. Of all sin. We know for the unsaved, God is not imputing their trespasses, 2 Corinthians 5.19, so we can take the message of God's grace, of God's love, of his amazing grace, of his unbounded grace, and go to anyone, anywhere, anytime, and preach to them, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. You believe that? Amen. Amen. That's right. And so now we're, we're, we're talking about us as believers. He's forgiven believers of all their sins, complete the action point in time. And yet we still know that, remember, all saved individuals still have the sin nature. And again, there what does that mean? That means when we're, when we're saved, when we trust the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, God does not eradicate the old man out of us. He gives us a new man. And what does second, um, excuse me, Galatians chapter 5 tell us? We're to walk in the spirit so you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, right? The spirit, walk, the spirit and the flesh, they are contrary to each other. They are contrary to each other. One is going to produce the works of the flesh. One is going to produce What? The fruit of the Spirit, and what is the fruit of the Spirit? Love and joy and peace and long suffering. And all saved individuals in the dispensation of grace need to be living for God, and we can only do it through the power of God in our lives and the power of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 2 20, I am crucified with Christ, and nevertheless I live, yet not I that liveth, but Christ that liveth where? And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who what? Loved me and gave himself for me, and through his sacrifice, the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have the absolute forgiveness of all sins, and, and that's what we see here. If you go back to that verse of scripture, we begin with in Ephesians chapter 4. Like I said, we're, we're doing this in inverted order for a specific reason, because I want to begin with God. Because God God has forgiven all of us. Now, remember, think about it this week that of those 12 times that that specific verb is translated forgive or forgiving in all its derivations, only three times it's God, nine times. Nine times. Three times more than God, it's used of what? Human forgiveness. Ephesians four thirty two, and we can only do that through God's love and grace. And remember, that's that's part of the. Go back and look at the definition of that specific word, and it shows about showing graciousness. Ephesians four thirty two, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. We're going to talk about that, Lord willing, next week. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you, not going, not might forgive you, not conditionally will forgive you if you do this praise god there's no conditions for god's grace towards us today let's just look to the lord in a word of prayer gracious god we thank you for lord jesus christ and all that he means to us we thank you for your great love with you've loved us we pray god for your continued grace in our lives lord we pray in christ jesus name amen